Welcome to Doctor Who A to Z, a show that covers everything Doctor Who from beginning to end, from 1963 to present, from Hartnell to Gatwa, from Auton to Zygon. Hello, Whovians. Welcome to Doctor Who A to Z. My name is Alan. And I am Josh. Josh, you are fresh off a beach vacation. I How am. How's that? And freshly sunburned and baked. It was it was fine. I am not a beach person. Uh, <laughs> I I do it for the wife. She loves the beach. I hate the beach. I'd rather be in the mountains. Uh, but she is a, a beach person through and through. So I I go to the beach with her because I love her. So <laughs> there you go. Having having done the beach with you guys, I know. <laughs> Yep, and put up with the sunburn and all of I, I hate being hot so much. I can't stand <laughs> being hot, and and it's just it's always hot down there. Yeah, well, you remember yeah. when we went? I was I got so cooked I that do. like <laughs> I were... couldn't I couldn't move. It was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> poor man. <laughs> and it was all because they dragged me out onto the beach where I did not want to be. You were having fun on the beach that day, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this week, we are going to be talking about the second chapter in Big Finish's 60th anniversary series, Once and Future. And this one is called The Artist at the End of Time. And the description from the Big Finish website goes... Suffering from the effects of degeneration, the doctor heads towards the end of the universe in search of answers. Instead, he finds his daughter, Jenny, and an artist whose works appear to mark the end of every world they touch. The doctor stabilizes into his fifth form and joins forces with Jenny and the curator to solve the mystery of the final gallery and the art it has collected. And this one stars, as you would have guessed, Peter Davison as the doctor, Georgia Tennant as Jenny, Colin Baker as the curator, and they're supported by Abby Harris and John Telfer with a few other folks in the mix. Now we're going to be doing very general discussion at the beginning, and then we will, if you someone has not heard this yet, we'll do a little cutoff for spoilers, and then we'll jump into spoiler territory absolutely so what did you think of this one you know this is chapter two of an ongoing story did it feel like a chapter two of an ongoing story well that's kind of my problem where i'm sitting on a crossroads with this story because i love absolutely love and adore what the story wants to do what it has to say yeah and yet, as a second part of this big anniversary adventure, like even I can make that work, I guess, if I look at it rather than being like, like a plot through for this story, it's, it's more of a thematic type of thing. I can I can kind of live with it, but you still kind of have to like this is part two of this big epic story or whatever, and it's really not connected to anything other than it's just the impetus of what makes the doctor go to start the adventure. Yeah. And if there weren't mentions of, you know, the overarching plot at the very beginning and at the very end, it, it, it wouldn't matter. 
Like this could be a, very easily a standalone story. Right. It, it, it doesn't feel like it connects that easily to me. And, and I might have two minds of this because I'm not somebody that thinks that it like, Oh, if it's a big part of big epic story, it's gotta be all about the big epic story. Like I'm all for letting multi-part stories time to breathe. Cause a lot of, issues that I have with new who is everything is crammed in so much. So if you were to take a step back and make the story a lot less compressed, I've got no problem with that. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, you still kind of feel like you need to be moving towards a point or some sort of reason for it to be one big story. And don't know if I'm really feeling that here. Now, this, now again, that doesn't make it a bad story. Right. It's just, I question like, why is the story here? Exactly. And, you know, I, I feel like maybe the premise wasn't that firmly established in the first story. I mean, we kind of get the idea of what's going on and it sets up a mystery. I don't feel like this continues the the mystery at all no though i will be honest and we'll talk more about this in spoilers but i feel like at least this one feels more home as part of that story than the first one the first one absolutely did not feel like it was part of any sort of like big story it felt like oh wait we just need to tell this fourth doctor story and we're going to slam it into this anniversary you know dressing here um this one is slightly like that, but again, thematically, I can kind of make it work as, as a part of a big, larger story. But again, that's you had to have to really squint and make it work for you, like thematically, rather than as a part of a larger plot. Yeah, and and if you don't want to do that, that's perfectly fine. If you just want to hear a good Fifth Doctor story with the curator in it, by all means, this is it. This works. Yeah. I mean, like, it would be great. Like, you could just give this to somebody to listen to and not have to worry about the rest of this whole, was how many parts? Is it? I don't know how many parts. Is it 10 parts? I don't know. Eight, eight I it's think. One for every character. Yeah, maybe it's eight. So if you don't want to commit to all that, I kind of commend them for making each one kind of standalone. But at the same time, why make a big epic eight-part story right. if you're just going to make them all standalone and not exactly. really play into, like... You know, they do big long arcs with like the Eighth Doctor. Eighth Doctor box sets, they, you know, they do these usually four box sets and a big long story. But in those individual stories, like they could be standalone, but they all kind of contribute towards Mm -hmm. the big meta plot of things that are going on. And so while you could listen to them individually, like it really pays off to listen to them as a whole. Whereas this, I don't feel like this is going to like be necessary to have a big impact later on in the story. It just doesn't feel like it's that kind of story that they're telling. It, it reminded me a bit of series eight where you have a perfectly nice Peter Capaldi season going on. And then they would throw like a little coda at the end of a story every once in a while with this unexplained character who ends up being Missy, who we later find out is the master, blah, blah, blah. But it was like these, these little bits that they're throwing in that in the episode itself doesn't really add anything. Now, does it add anything to the, you know, the story that they want to feed into the two part finale? I don't know, but that's kind of what I got here. Like it doesn't tell much at all of 
what they're like, whatever once and future is supposed to be about. You right. don't get a sense of that here. Yeah. And, and I kind of have a, a little bit of a problem with the way that big finish is marketing this as like, they make a big deal. Like you've got to buy the bundle. Like you've got this limited edition bundle and you get this big bundle thing, get them all. You got to get them all. got to catch them all when it's not a story that you need to catch them all because you could just listen to this and enjoy it and not be beholden to anything else. So if they were just like selling these as like individual stories and Hey, like it's just this line, but they're individual stories in this line. I feel like it wouldn't feel as disappointing. You know what I mean? Well, it, it's yes. like you, you're selling us this big, long story, but we're not getting a big, long story. We're just getting like a small connective tissue between individual stories. But, but you know, we, we've only got two chapters now, so maybe we are Fair getting enough. one that we just don't see yet. Fair maybe enough. something later on is going to like, you know, pick up threads from this episode and feed it in, in a, in a very meaningful way. So far, we don't, we don't get that sense though. Right. Absolutely. The other issues that I really have with the story is, I mean, I don't hate Jenny and I don't, well, I don't know. I don't, I can't hate the curator. I just don't like the idea of using the curator more. That's my biggest problem with, with this. Like, I mean, again, not looking to get into any spoilers as of yet, but, um, Actually, I, I didn't mind the use of Ginny in the story because it actually kind of plays into a lot of what the story's saying thematically. So that, that's fine. And I think that, you know, Georgia works well with her dad. Uh, they play well off each other. Very enjoyable to hear them together. And obviously, always fun to hear Peter and Colin together as well. Mm -hmm. It's just, I really have an issue with bringing the curator back in like i know why they want to do it it's it lets the older actors play an older character but still be their character and bring them in tell you some stories it's just the curator as a concept just doesn't really work for me because it almost feels like the doctor kind of gives up on being the doctor in the future, which I don't, doesn't sit well with me. Like, yeah. I think it works well as a one-off for the anniversary special, but bringing them back over and over again, I just, I've never been a real big fan of. And I hate to say that, but it's just, I just don't like the concept. It just, it's, it's not something that, like, I, I like to think the doctor is going to be out there fighting for, you know, what's right and, and justice out and righting the wrongs in the universe until he dies. Why right. would he ever want to give up to work in a museum? Right. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, bringing back one-off characters and using them over and over is big finish bread and butter. Well, I mean, maybe so, but to the detriment <laughs> to a lot of, like, ways again I, I we've got a whole other podcast we can talk about my issues with big finish and as much as i love big finish they do things with dollar signs in mind rather than stories in mind and it always doesn't sit well with me but you know that's just the way fandom goes i suppose i will say that i i like the idea of bringing back the curator and using him further much more than a lot of the other characters that they have brought back like churchill <laughs> like that was pointless and what whatever the the cat burglar's name was whatever she was called lady christina oh my god the worst so at least you know she was in the store with jenny you should listen to that one no i should not <laughs> i will pass thank you very much 
<laughs> That's going to be my recommendation for the end of the episode. <laughs> Make Alan listen to that one with Ginny and Lady Christina. Oh, my God. So, you know, I have strong feelings about Miss Ginny, and it all goes back to uh, the conventions that we used to do, uh, TimeGate and DragonCon. And for years, every single panel, somebody in the audience would say, when are they going to bring Sally Sparrow back? When are they going to bring Jenny back? To the point where I was like, they're not going to fucking bring either one of them back. Stop it. <laughs> so Big Finish, of course, jumps on those things and rides that horse, you know, right across the horizon. Um, so, but, you know, having said that, I really enjoyed her in this story. And part of that is just that natural chemistry that she and her father have. I mean, they have that really great relationship with each other. And it just comes across, I was going to say on screen, but clearly that's not right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think they, I think they work so well together. And I really enjoyed her part in this story. Yeah. And I, again, like I said, like I'm, I don't think I, uh, have as strong feelings on on Ginny as you do. Um, she's certainly, I mean, like she's not my favorite character or anything, but I'm not in any rush to go listen to any of her solo stories or anything like that. Right. But that said, I think she works. I mean, you know, obviously you've got chemistry between the doctor and Ginny in this story. You know, they obviously know each other quite well and you can really feel the, underlying like care they have towards each other while they're making the digs at each other. And it, you know, it, it feels very real, like a real father and daughter would have. So obviously that's going to come out in the performance and it really does. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can understand why they choose to put her with Davison multiple times. This is the second time they've done yes. a story together um, because obviously they're going to have chemistry together and it shows. So, no problems with that whatsoever. And again, the way that the story is set up and what the story is about, like it works perfectly to have her in it. So I, yeah. I you know, I will begrudgingly admit I liked her in the story as well. And I'm, I'm going to say, and this, this might be spoilery for somebody who hasn't, it's mild if it is, who hasn't heard the story, but uh, they pair her up with the curator in a number of scenes. And at the end, it's sort of, well, there's a thing that we'll talk about later. Um, and I think she works really well with the curator too. Sure. You know, I, I find the two of them, uh, a really interesting pairing and I'm looking forward to seeing if that goes somewhere down the road, whether it be in this, uh, mini series or some other place, you know, maybe they'll do a, a whole box set of, well, they're not really doing those kind of box sets anymore, but maybe they'll do a whole season of the curator, the Colin Baker curator and Jenny. That'd be interesting. I mean, anything's possible. Yeah. Okay, so the basic, okay, when you talk about this story as a standalone, the basic plot is uh, somebody is creating, they find out that someone is creating artworks that seem to be tied to the end of different planets. I find that concept really interesting. It starts with them visiting a, a gallery that has the last artwork of all these different worlds. They find out that the artwork has something that ties them together. And I think it's a, I think it was a really interesting story. I found it really compelling. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I said, like I love the idea of the story and what it is trying to say. Um, it is a great concept and 
it would be one of those phenomenal standalone stories. Like if it was released as far as a, as a monthly release, I think it would be heralded yeah. as like one of the great, you know, single release stories because it's, it's got a lot to, to mm-hmm. say and do. And I think it's, it's a story is a perfect fit for the Davidson doctor. And um, yeah, I, I am a big fan of it as well. I just, again, it seems out of place as a second right. part of a big giant adventure story. It, it reminds me, it puts me in mind a little bit of the, the first set that they did of like classic doctors and new monsters, you know, that thing, the fifth doctor story in that was a weeping angel story. And it was set in the Renaissance and it's Michelangelo creating these sculptures. And that's, you know, the weeping angel story folds into that. And which I thought was really, really good. And I absolutely loved. And this sort of, because of the art setting, because there are, sculptures mentioned because of the way that it feeds into the doctor's involvement in it. It really put me in mind of that story. So I almost feel like it's, it's, it's a, a, not really a retread, you know what I mean? But it, it's uh, a setting that the fifth doctor has proven that he really shines in. Yes, I, I agree. I'm having trouble. I don't want to get into spoilers. I, I, I keep trying to. I think to we're going to have to pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe we should um, go ahead and, you know, give our recommendations and rate it. And then we can move into spoilers. And I I'm agree. Sure want to stick around and listen to it. Right. I agree. Because there's so many things I want to say. And I keep like, right. cutting myself off. <laughs> So okay. hopefully if you haven't listened to it, that gives you an enticement to to want to listen because I, I, I'm sure that Alan agrees with me. I think it's a quite a good story. I think ultimately I'm going to end up rating this um, just like on its own, not as part of mm-hmm. the you know ongoing plot. Like if, if I have to rate it as part of this ongoing like uh, what's the future plot, like it's probably going to get a mid grade. But I think as a standalone story, like I think it's a good solid eight for me. Yeah, I was thinking like seven and a half. Yeah. So maybe I'll round up to like seven and three quarters. Okay. <laughs> and again, if you don't want to commit to buying this whole run and just want to like get a taste of like what they're doing, which is kind of mixing and matching stuff from the errors and kind of putting them all together, like you can listen to this. And again, there's not really any sort of big overarching meta plot other than the doctor is going through this, you know, degeneration crisis. And you can listen to this by itself. And I think it's mm. worthwhile to listen to by itself. Yeah, agreed. Even if you don't listen to any of the other ones. Agreed. All right. Well, then let's move into spoilers. All right. Uh, All right. Where do you want to start? From here. Um, okay. I think, again, going back to my issue with the curator, I understand why they used him as the artist that is going around and painting you know these you know last pieces of works of art for these planets that are going to be destroyed places that he likes then and wants to have remembered i understand why they did it because it kind of plays into the whole thematics of what's happening here we have a doctor who is coming to terms with what he's gone through to this point in his life and what does he end up leaving behind? What does it really matter if he saves some people here and there? Like, what is his legacy? And then you've got this extreme far future version of the doctor who is melancholy going around to his favorite planets and places and wanting them to be remembered and creating these pieces of art. But my issue falls down is 
we have the curator who says like, I, I keep going to these planets and I keep creating these works of art and then these planets get destroyed and it must be my fault somehow. And the fact that he's just like, Oh, I guess I'm just a uh, curse now. And it's not working <laughs> to try to solve it. Like, it seems like right. my, my big problem is that how was that the doctor? He's I not agree. the doctor anymore. I agree. And I just can't see him becoming that no matter how far in the future it goes. That's why I feel like if you had just made this, some other character, I mean, like yes. it, it could have been somebody, you know, completely unrelated to the doctor. You still could have sold this idea of using his experiences of looking back to help the doctor come to terms with what he does and moving forward. And then, you know, later having to come to accept Jenny as his daughter and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You can still do it. I mean, again, I understand why, because they want the connection between the doctor's past and future and looking back and, you know, kind of working this connection between this far future version of the doctor who's able to talk to Ginny and say, hey, it's going to be okay. He's going to accept you at some point in time because, you know, he's lived through it. So I understand why they did it. It just, that's the one little thing that gets me in the craw. Just why is a doctor like this in the future? He should be out trying to solve this mystery, not just kind of waiting for his past self to come around and fix it for him. Yes, agreed. It would have worked much better for me had it been a completely new original artist character. I mean, I because I, I can't think of any like past character that they would want to bring back to fulfill that role. So a new character would have worked really, really well. And I think it could have been really compelling. Having said that, I think Colin Baker's performance is fabulous. Yes, I really, yes, really love him in this story. I, it just doesn't feel like there's a connection to, I mean, you know, the curator's kind of a nebulous thing. It can be whatever they want it to be, I suppose, but it is still the doctor right. and it just doesn't seem like it fits with who the doctor would end up being. Right. And that, again, that's, that's the one issue that I have is like, because I love the idea behind the story. Like I yes. really do because it feels very personal to the doctor. You know, it, it's weird. We kind of talked about in the first uh, story that we didn't really understand like how this doctor should be treated. Is it, you know, the eighth doctor just wearing the face of the past doctors, but this story seems to imply that wherever the doctors go after they regenerate, like they're locked in his mind, like they're coming out that this is actually the fifth doctor. Yes. Like it is his experiences. It is his thinking. It is like, this is the fifth doctor. He's just been drug up from wherever those past doctors go. And is now in control of himself yeah. again. Mm -hmm. So, I mean that having that kind of helps me, think okay well i don't have to judge this as that this is something like of a, of a doctor in the time war experience because this is you know specific to what the fifth doctor would do or specific to whatever doctor it is that's kind of coming to the forefront mm -hmm. so that helps me kind of like decide how i want to view this this doctor and how they're going to act and things like that so that that helps if, if you're worried about that from the first uh, you know story uh but um Having the fifth doctor who always has been somebody who, you know, it's like, you know, the, should have been a better way and, you know, full of regrets and worried about like what his actions were going to be like. He, he fits perfectly into the story about, you know, what kind of things we leave behind or what legacies we leave behind and what are people going to think and value that 
people put to these lasting bits mm-hmm. and pieces of us once we're gone. Um, so I think he's a perfect fit for this story, a story about, you know, these unheard of planets that are being destroyed and, and because there's this one last final piece of art from that planet. Now it's like worth a gazillion dollars and people are now selling it for way more money than what they should. And so it's kind of, it's got a criticism on, you know, collectibles and art Mm. and the way, how we value it and what makes something valuable and, you know, how we should, you know, look at what the meaning of art is. It's it's not Mm -hmm. just that it's rare that it should be valuable. It's like the the personal meaning to it. Like, I love all of that. I think it's a wonderful story concept. Yes. Um, Two points. First, um, this this is very much the doctor uh, from as what we saw at the end of Resurrection of the Daleks when Tegan walks out because it stopped being fun and look at all this death and he stops and he says, I, it seems I I need to mend my ways. This is, this is a doctor that's very concerned about the role that he's playing in the scenarios that he finds himself in. And, and I think that this, as you say, this is a very specifically fifth doctor story. The other side of this is, and this is something that I'm kind of like with, without getting too deep into this, um, I'm finding myself connecting to in different ways. And that is the doctor seeming to go through sort of an existential crisis. This, I have spent my whole life saving planets and what does it matter? Because they're just going to end, you know, anyway. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been, I've been going through some stuff lately and, you know, it's like stuff with parents and it's stuff with other things that has, I mean, I've been in that situation. I'm saying it flippantly, but it has been profound at times where it's like, what does anything matter? And I kind of feel like if they're going to use that story thread, do something with it. And I don't feel like they really, I mean, I don't want it to be a depressing and morose story at all, but I feel like they didn't do enough with it. Like you've got more of that with the curator and Jenny discussing what the doctor is going through. than you saw the doctor go through it. And I feel like there was a, there was a disconnect there. I mean, like, I, I get that. Um, I don't know if I, again, I think a lot of that is a problem of, you know, you've got a not quite an hour long in which to fit all this in and, and tell the stories. And then you got to like wrap it up by the end of, yeah. I don't know, what, 50 some odd minutes, whatever, however long this runs. So that plays into it. So you've got to use a lot of shorthand because of the time frame. And the shorthand sure. is, is, is the future of the doctor commenting like, Oh, he's going to realize it at some point in time. And he's, you know, has to, he'll, he'll be okay. And, and, and come to with that realization. And so, I mean, I get what you're saying. Cause yes, the, it does kind of move very quickly through <laughs> that whole plot point. But I mean, at the same time, I guess it just is what it is as far as like, you know, having to be told in this length amount of time. And the, the, sure. the fact that you us and to tell it like i think makes it easier for me to accept because he's the doctor that would go through this yeah. and come to accept it because i mean like I, th- I feel like ultimately as much as he takes on the burden as the fifth doctor and he you know he always kind of wears that like he's got this interest in intrinsically like good outlook and want mm-hmm. to see the best in everybody that's the, that's kind of like the fifth doctor to me and I, yes. I feel like 
he would be the one to to kind of internalize all this and come out on the other side more quickly than somebody else. Yes, I 100% agree. But the, here's the thing, and this this goes to a lot of the uh, modern the television show too. If you have an hour story, don't write an hour and 15 minute story. Sure. You know right. what I mean? If you, for the television show, if you have a 45 minute episode, don't write an hour episode and then have to shorthand stuff. Absolutely. If you want to tell a story about the doctor having an existential crisis, then do that. Because I think that could be fascinating to have the doctor really come to terms with that kind of thing, to have to face up to that sort of emotional crisis. I think that would be super interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, they have kind of done that with the eighth doctor in That's true. Uh, his stranded arc. So that is true. That is true. You and know, I haven't listened have to... to all of that yet. I haven't listened yeah. to very much of it. So I need to get into that more. So that, that, there's a way that you can get through, through, through some of that. So <laughs> sure. There you go. All right. So I don't know. We, we talked a little bit about the overarching plot, but I mean, like the whole thing is set in the motion by the doctor and Jenny going to the end of time, the far, far future. They go to this museum where they see that all of these final pieces of art from all of these destroyed worlds are on display and for sale for huge amounts of money. And uh, there is uh, all these pieces by the, this uh, artist called the Wanderer or the worth the most money of anything and but nobody knows who the wanderer is and so they mm -hmm. put it upon themselves to go figure it out and so they have a couple of misadventures and they end up meeting up and then teaming together they go find out and of course i find out that it's the curator who's going from planet to planet and and, and painting all of these things and doing this art and <laughs> building snowman <laughs> right and and uh, so the the crux of the story is that the museum from the future is the one going behind the curator, destroying the planet so that the art that he makes, they save the art and they're destroy the planet. And then therefore, boom, the art is now worth a gazillion times more than what it would have been if the planet was still around. And Fascinating so, concept. It Man, really I is. I love that so much. I mean, like it's got so, but I mean, like, again, we're, we're packing a, three hour, two hour story into 50 minutes, but right. it's got so much to kind of say about the state of like, you know, capitalism and consumerism and the art world and how we evaluate art when it yes. should just be an expression of how you feel about something, but then they're turning into something, you know, just with a money sign next to it. Yeah. And, you know, I used to work in an art museum. I did that for, a, you know, a number of years and all I could think about was the curators that I used to work with doing that. Like they, uh, Carrie Prisbilla, who was the, the modern and contemporary curator for the high museum of art going along and killing artists so that <laughs> the pieces that the high museum <laughs> had collected would right. double, triple quadruple in value. I just think that's so interesting. And it's, it's such a, like deliciously this, nefarious plot. It's actually a great plot for like a true crime type of story. <laughs> it is. It's fascinating. Like the the curator serial killer. Right. It'd be interesting to do that on like a murder she wrote kind of level where it's just like in this one community that's being done, not on like an international art scene kind of level. It would it'd be so interesting. Oh man. But other you know, because of that, I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was yeah, such a great story. 
I just feel like they may have layered too much into it. Yeah, but I mean, like, again, I I don't know if it is completely detrimental to, to kind of pack it all into such a yeah. short time. I mean, like, you get, like, the main points. And, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I really like, I mean, of course, you've got Colin and his curator making the commentary of why he is making the art. And, you know, they, they mm-hmm. go back to the Eye of Orion and because it's one of his favorite places. And that's where the Fifth Doctor has his existential crisis. Like, mm-hmm. I've saved the universe and this is one of my favorite places and it's going to be destroyed because now you're here painting it. And what, right. why am I doing this? Like, I all great moments, by the way. Right. But but even if the curator isn't of the mind now that if this is what's happening, you should go investigate it and find out why it's happening. At least stop painting. Right, right. right. Stop going to these places and paint. (laughs) Fuck. Don't keep if you think you're cursed and every planet you visit gets destroyed, then fucking stop going there. Yeah. And, and that's why making the curator is the, my biggest issue with this story, because absolutely, why keep doing it if he's right. thinking that it, it's his action that is causing destruction of these places? If you're not going to investigate, just stop. You're absolutely right. right. Oh, my God. But that's why, like, if you had an original character who was like an artist, like the capital A, and like they yes. have to make the art, that's what they live for. Yes. And they can't help themselves. That makes more sense than the doc- future doctor saying, I just need to paint to make myself feel better. And I guess I'm killing the world at the same time. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see a, a character that has such an ego that he's like, my art is so grand that even the world upon yeah. which it is created cannot stand up to it. You know, that he would be so over the top into his own talent you know, and then be crushed by the fact that it's somebody else that's doing the destroying. It's not him and his talent yeah, and his actions. Know. You know, it would devalue his own sense of self worth, which would be so much fun. And I hate complaining about it because Colin yes. is so good. Like God, he is. He's being able to play a more restrained character and not having to be the bombastic sixth doctor that he you know has to be like you can really feel like the the melancholy and sorrow in him as yeah. this person who i guess has lived for thousands if not millions of years um looking back and just wanting to you know reminisce about the things that he he loves and then expressing his love through art like oh He's wonderful. He's got so many great little moments. You mentioned about building that snowman, but the one that I really loved is he how they they go to the place and the child's toy is broken. He wants to fix it because you know oh. that's he wants to step in and fix it. And yeah. then they stop him like like if you do that, if you improve on it, that could be art, and they could that could, means that this place could be destroyed. Yeah. And when he realizes that, uh, it's he's so good. I. Yep hate that i hate that he's in this story because he's that good <laughs> right he really is and and I, I think it's one of the best things he's done for big finish i mean it's sure. just remarkable I mean, that's um, hard to say he's done so many good things for big finish he, so. he does that is absolutely true but there's just something special about this one i think um so more specifically about uh georgia moffat and jenny in this story since we spoke in general you know i mentioned earlier with, without going into detail, that it, it, it there was a couple of scenes where she and the curator are paired up, and it seems like at the end he says, "You know, come on, young lady, we've got work to do." So, are we going to get adventures with the two of them? 
I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I it guess would be an interesting possible. idea. I mean, sure, but what what kind of thing is this curator who seems to be happy to go around destroying worlds by <laughs> making his art? All of a sudden, is he going to just change his mind and be the doctor know. again? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, so, man. I mean, like, talking about Georgia as Ginny, like, I talked about how I, I enjoyed her. I, I think, unfortunately, the story is, as we've talked about, there's so much going on. I think she kind of gets shortchanged. I she's think so, too. Only, she's only there to kind of motivate the curator and the doctor um, to kind of yeah. serve as a piece of, you know, melancholy looking back for the curator and something the doctor has to look forward to um in his future that sort of thing and coming to accept it so she doesn't really i feel like have a whole lot of agency by the end of the story um i mean like she's got she has some good commentary on the nature of the doctor Mm -hmm. which i really enjoy but she's not really doing anything for herself which i mean i guess it'd be hard to fit into this particular story um, so like, I understand using her and I liked her in it. It just, it's kind of too bad that this is all she has to do in the story. I kind of feel like maybe we're, we're seeing the curator and Jenny later on. Like this is sort of like step one of whatever involvement they have in the story. And maybe, maybe they are part of the resolution of the story. Yeah. I don't know, but I feel like maybe we're not done with these two. I'm mean, going to hope so, because it, it kind of feels like the same way with Sarah Jane in the previous story. Like she was just kind of put in there to have them in there. And that's not true. Really I didn't think about that. That's a, a good lot. point. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, which is unfortunate. But I mean, again, could have, should have, would have. Like if this didn't have to have all of these anniversary tropes shoehorned into it. I mean, it would be one of like the great big finish stories, I think, Mm -hmm. but trying to do everything and tell this story, unfortunately kind of knocks it down. Yeah. Yeah. But still solid. Enjoyable. Absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, we, we rated it a 7.5. I mean, like it's a good story. It's well worth listening to. Yes, absolutely. Um, I love what it has to say. It's just, I think if they had made a couple of different choices, it would be great, not just good. Yeah. Agreed. So um, in a few weeks, well, probably a month from now, we are going to be talking about chapter three of Once in Future, which is A Genius for War, which is a seventh Doctor story featuring Davros. I'll be interested to see how that ties or doesn't right. into, you know, wh- whatever it is that we're trying to get to with once in future. Uh, I'll be interested to see if they add any more information into it because I don't well, feel like I'm, this one did it all. Right. And I'm hoping with it just being a Dr. Davros focus story with, yes. with just them as a focus, we'll be able to get a lot more and not have to have some poor sideline characters kind of standing around in the background while they're going at it. Yes. And uh, be like, if we said, stuck river song in the story, I'm like, why is river song in the story? Davros, just Davros and the doctor. They don't need the, an extra part in this story. Did, did you see, this is a little offshoot, but did you see the announcement of the next river song story? which is her and Jackie Tyler and yes. the quarks or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> what the, f- 
what are they even doing with this anymore? It's just like, it's just like roll a, you know, pair of dice and whatever shows up, that's what we'll throw into a story. You it's know, but insane. I have actually, I, I, the, in, the more insane, the better uh, a lot of times for me, to be honest with you. So I actually kind of love okay. the idea, but uh, you know, it is kind of crazy. <laughs> so chapter three, uh, a genius for war written by Jonathan Morris, mm-hmm. which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. So we'll see. And are we missing that this was Nate was, was, was written by James Goss. This one. I don't, yeah, the, I don't think yeah. I, I didn't mention that at the beginning, but this one, yes. Chapter two is written by yeah. James Goss. Let's give credit where credit is due. Cause absolutely it is. It is a good story. It is really enjoyed it. All right. So do you want to make any other recommendations for us after this? Well, it's always hard making recommendations because we're talking about a big finished story, but um, I mean, we kind of have two options on this. Uh, We did have the fifth doctor meet Ginny before, and that Mm -hmm. was in the legacy of time box set. um, Yeah. They they met in that. And actually that's one of the things that also bothered me about this story I mean, they, they make a shorthand where the fifth doctor remembers Jenny in the story and they know that they're, you know, who each other are. I mean, mm. which they, I'm guessing they did just so they get on because everything else so packed as it is. We didn't have time to go over like, who are you again? But but at the end of that story, there's a thing that like resets everything. And they're not supposed to remember each other. So why are right. they remembering each other in this story? That's neither here nor there. That is just <laughs> fanboy <laughs> nonsense that I worry about. Right. So, you know, that's that's. Not really important. Just only important to sad people who live in their parents' basements. <laughs> but that did bother me. That said, they did meet before. It was part of the Legacy of Times, part of a box set. Um, it's it is what it is. It's, it's one of those anniversary stories where they throw a whole bunch of stuff in together. So that one you can go listen to, or you can go listen to Colin Baker as a curator and. I think it's the third stranded box set. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you're in the third of a like 16 part story by that point in time. So <laughs> the stranded is really good. You've also got Tom as the curator in the first box set. And then the, he comes back as his Colin Baker self in the third one. Um, but, you know, I will always recommend those eighth doctor box sets um, yeah. with him and Liv and uh, Helen. So mm-hmm. you can check that out as well. They are a great team. You more, if you, if you want more taste of Colin Baker as a curator or some more Ginny. Yeah. There you go. All right. We have not decided what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, do we still, we haven't done a Colin yet. Have we? Have we not? Oh, then I we got to. Uh, yeah. Okay. So well, it's over to you. What Colin Baker story are you going to listen to watch for next week? Time Lash. All right. Nothing like watching the story. That's an anagram for lame shit. So <laughs> <laughs> that was not intentional. <laughs> but Time Lash it is. There you go. It's not one of the strongest ones, but I think it's an interesting <laughs> one. So <laughs> all right. We'll see. Pick. All right. Well, <laughs> then we will be back next week with Colin Baker as a sixth doctor in time lash. And it's going to be glorious. All right. Until then, everybody have a great week. Keep traveling in your TARDIS and having adventures. And we'll see you next time. Be seeing you.
Thanks for listening to Doctor Who A to Z. You can find episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, and other podcast networks. Theme remix used by kind permission of Doctor Who composer Dominic Glenn. We'd love to hear from you, so please drop us a line at Z at gmail or leave a comment wherever you're listening. If you've enjoyed this, please subscribe and consider leaving us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. See you next time. And until then, remember, we're all stories in the end. Just make it a good one. Yeah.